Welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, John Horton and Matt Piscazzi. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. And be sure to check us out on our socials for, on Twitter, or X as it's now called, at Icetime9899. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email at Icetime9899 at gmail.com. Each new episode will be released Mondays and Fridays. And, um, you know, we'll have segments going for you, rundowns of everything going on in the league, from scores to news to all that good stuff. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I hope you're excited to listen in. And I'm going to shoot it over to good old Matt here to start our rundown. Hello, everybody. Excited for another episode here. So just want to start off real quick by mentioning that we are working on some things over here at Ice Time. Um, we are always trying to come up with ways to improve the show and, and you know, get some uh, good content out there. We noticed our rundowns were taking a little while, especially last episode. I feel like it took us like an hour just to run through the scores. So we are going to do it a little bit differently. I'm pretty much going to start out by just going through every game since we last recorded, which was on uh, Sunday. So I'm going to just name off these scores. And then after we get through all of the scores, we're going to pick a few of these games to dive into a little bit deeper. One of those, of course, being the Rangers game. Of course, we will always dive into the Rangers games. But uh, yeah, just trying to change up things a little bit here to uh, have more time for some other segments and just some just some chit chat, just some back and forth, just more time to kind of get some other content that's not just scores and goals and stats and things like that. So without further ado, I will get into the beginning of our uh, little recap here. So like I said, the, uh, excuse me, well, little thing in my throat. Uh, so the last time we recorded, oh, I know, I, I can't, can't <laughs> even believe myself. But uh, the last time we recorded was uh, this, this past Sunday here. And I think while we were recording slash after we were recording, there were a couple games, I don't know, um, that we even, I don't even know if they were going on when we recorded. Honestly, I don't even remember. I don't think, I don't think so. they were, yeah, because I don't remember talking about them. So the Senators actually surprised us a little bit, came out on top against the Lightning in a 5-2 victory. And a bigger surprise, the Anaheim Ducks with the 6-3 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. So a couple surprises there on Sunday. And you get into the scoreboard for Monday. Big game here in New York with the Rangers getting a uh, 2-1 victory over the Coyotes in their home opener at MSG. Uh, and we'll we'll dive into that game, don't worry. But uh, yeah, I'll save that for a little bit here. Uh, another game that was a little bit surprising here, the Blackhawks with a 4-1 victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And just, wow, especially coming off of how good Austin Matthews was doing, that was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, another game here, the Florida Panthers end up on top of the New Jersey Devils, 4-3. And then the Washington Capitals with a shootout victory against the Flames end up winning that one 3-2. And then the last game we had on Monday, the Red Wings blanked the Blue Jackets uh, with a 4-0 victory there. Getting into, uh, and actually we're recording this on Wednesday, so we will, um, we're going to do some predictions for the Thursday games and stuff. So I'm only really going to be able to cover the Tuesday games here and then kind of mention that we have the two games here on Wednesday night. Um, do just want to mention that because normally we record on Thursdays, so that would be a little different. But uh, continuing on, sorry about that. On Tuesday, we did have the Flyers with a 2-0 victory over the Canucks. We had the Minnesota Wild with a 5-2 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. The Sabres coming out and getting a 3-2 win in overtime over the Tampa Bay Lightning. We had a defensive matchup over here. The Islanders with a 1-0 victory over the Coyotes. So some low-scoring games coming out of the Coyotes in this early season here. And then the Oilers with a 6-1 win over the Preds. Finally, some, some good signs of offense there. A, uh, another game that was a little bit of a blowout here. The Kings with a 5-1 victory over the Jets. Uh, another little bit of a blowout, uh, the Colorado Avalanche with a 4-1 victory over the Kraken. A much closer game that we are, we are going to dive into here in a little bit. 
the uh, Golden Knights with a 3-2 victory in the shootout over the Dallas Stars. And then finally, the last game from Tuesday, we did have the Carolina Hurricanes with a 6-3 victory over the Sharks. So like I said, we're recording here on Wednesday. So we do have two games that are going on tonight. Uh, unfortunately, they're not um, on yet or anything like that. So we don't have kind of any scores. But the uh, Capitals will be taking on the Senators in a little bit here. And the Penguins will be taking on the Red Wings. And then, like I said, uh, once we finish up our kind of our, a little bit of a more of an in-depth score recap here, we're going to preview some of the games on Thursday as well. So with all of that being said, let me catch my breath here. Uh, you want to start with the uh, we'll go into the Sens lightning game from Sunday first. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I should excuse me. Yeah. And I'll, I'll mention we're going to highlight um, just some games that we thought were a little more exciting, surprising, fun to watch, things like that. Uh, we're going to start off with the Senators lightning game here. And uh, just, I mean, really good stuff out of Ray Chuck, but the lightning without a goalie right there are just not, not, not looking good here in this early season. Yeah. <clears throat> I do apologize for my throat. It is fall time, a little allergy, nasal drip, scratchy throat season, fun time stuff. So, um, I'm going to try and cut out some of that coughing if I can. But yeah, so yeah, um, it, it's kind of like the Pied Piper, you know, has come to collect for Tampa and their dynasty for a couple of years now. Now, of course, we're only three, four games into the season, but still you can see the breakdown of this team without their, you know, world-class goaltender and um, a little shaky defensive structure. And, you know, there's a little trouble in, you know, maybe some leadership style because Steven Stamkos, it's kind of hard for him to... Uh, I feel like play this season with a lot of passion when he might be out the door at either the trade deadline or at the end of the season. It's got to be, it's got to be tough waking up every day and you know a place that you have called home and want to continue to call home might you know not want to see you there. So, so that definitely does suck. Um, we have Vladimir Tarasenko pulling in a goal here to Chuck showing up and Tim Stutzel of course. Um, shots on goal, insane. Uh, 38 shots for Ottawa to 24 for Tampa, so they got peppered pretty hard. Tampa did come on top with faceoff percentage at 58% to the 42%, but you know when you when you when you outshoot them by that much, it's kind of it's kind of hard to um, you know really come come out on top and when you have you know the uncertain goaltender. Uh, both teams were 0 for 2 for their power plays, and both teams uh, blocked 15 shots. So. You know, just kind of a offensive domination besides possession on Ottawa's side. And, you know, you want to see a lot more from Ottawa this year. They have a new owner now. Um, you know, they have a young, a, a decently young team with some core uh, veterans in there trying to, uh, in hopes of getting into the playoffs and not, you know, having, usually you see that with Ottawa where they come out either shaky and then they get strong and then they finish shaky or, you know, vice versa. And they just missed the playoffs. So I think I think offensively they're gonna be a dangerous team, but they are, I think, easily susceptible to some defensive breakdowns. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle um other teams uh throughout the season. Yeah, and uh some really good points that I yeah, you know, I kinda had liked what you'd said over there. Uh Vlad also had an assistance game, so two points for Tarasenko in this game. Two more than he scored in a number of games for us, but uh whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the Sens, they, they look really good offensively. Like you said, they're young. Um, for the most part, they're young and fast here. And the offensive talent is there. There's no question. And uh, especially bringing in a guy like Tarasenko here, you know, just a veteran offensive presence just added to that, that kind of 
um, offensive firepower they already have, a bunch of young guys, fast guys. So it really will be about the defense and the goaltending. And, uh, you know, so far, Corpusal has done pretty good here. He had 22 saves in this game, a uh, .917 save percentage. So it's promising, promising stuff coming out of Ottawa here. And if there is ever a time for the Senators to kind of climb, climb up in their division and claim a playoff spot, it certainly seems like this is the year, especially with Tampa. They're going to have their goaltending trouble here early in the season. Who knows what it's going to look like when Vasilevsky comes back. And like you said, uh, I really like that little Pied Piper reference you made. It's it's been a it's been a long time coming here for for us to see some uh, less than elite hockey out of out of Tampa. I feel like they make the playoffs every year. They they won a couple cups here. They've made the finals. I mean, what haven't they done success wise? Right. So now with Vasi being out, kind of opens the door for other teams in the Atlantic here to be a little bit more competitive and and see if they can kind of. Uh, I don't even know if you really top them, especially with Vasilevsky coming back at some point in the season. You know, they are still a. a really good hockey team so you have to give them some credit there but yeah fun fun to see the Sens get a win here and uh it'll definitely be interesting to see if Tampa can you know are, are they gonna bounce back from this is this goalie gonna figure it out are they gonna have this two goalie system here because Tompkins did not look good um so yeah we'll definitely if you're a Tampa fan you want to see some more but really encouraging stuff coming out of Ottawa and I thought it was fun to see a little little 5-2 score line there I always love to watch the Lightning lose so that was a fun one <laughs> Yeah, sorry to any Tampa fans, but it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and uh, you know we are Rangers fans, so there's certainly no love lost there. But uh, <laughs> we'll get into our, our next game here. Another game from Sunday, actually. The Ducks with a 6-3 victory over the Hurricanes, which is just wow. Uh, Frank Vitrano ended up getting the hat trick. Good old Frank, Good Frank old Vitrano. Frank. I, Frank dude, the tank. I loved, I loved that pickup, and I loved when we had him. I mean, I know it was like we were never going to be able to keep him. He was kind of just a lease for the playoffs kind of thing, but... The thing is that he's just not afraid to shoot the puck. And and they're seeing that in Anaheim right now. Hat trick, you know, pretty easily here. Yeah. One of them was an empty netter. So, I mean, you, you guess you could take that one away. But still, nonetheless, yeah. did uh, did put on a really, really good offensive and, performance and there. We did talk about before coming into this season that, you know, him and Strom had, like, I think it was 40, 50 points last season. Like, that's kind of unacceptable for players on their age and, and pay grade. Like, they need to be at least 60 points a season. So, um you know, maybe this is a start of good things for the, for him in, in um, Anaheim, but I don't know, maybe, maybe not. You know, looking at this, I thought uh, you see that 35 shots on goal for Carolina to 25 shots on goal on Anaheim and a 50-50 on the faceoff percentage and a 33% on the power play to 0% on the power play for the Ducks. And you think to yourself... You know, well, what really kind of went wrong here? And that's when you go down and you look at the blocked shots. Carolina had nine blocked shots to Anaheim's whopping 29 blocked shots. That's the, that's the game right there. That's, I mean, that's literally that the is game the right game. there. Like, that is a valiant, valiant effort by the defensive men and forwards of Anaheim. I mean, putting their body on the line to amass 29 blocked shots that would have probably had a, a much different score sheet on here. Because, you know, the other thing, too, is when you block shots, it, it, it can change. You know, hockey's all about momentum. And when you block shots, it really takes the wind out of, uh, you know, players' sails because they put so much into a shot, so much into creating the opportunity just for it to get roadblocked right in front of them. So, mm. you know, there's a little bit, of, I think, not enough people talk about it. I think there's a little bit of that mental side of the game where, you know, when momentum, you're trying to generate so much momentum that it gets, like, stopped right in your face it's it's very defeating and i think that's part of the uh the reason that they won yeah no i think you kind of hit the nail on the head there and the the question with the ducks isn't about offense or talent because they have they have 
a mixture here of some veterans, of some younger talent, some fast guys. I mean, we've seen Mason McTavish with a couple points here early in the season. Uh, Trevor Zegers is no joke. And then they have some of those more veteran guys like, you know, the Strom and, and Frank Vitrano um, and, you know, just some other guys there that have been there for a little bit. And so the, the offense isn't really the question. It, it is about the defense and the goaltending. And so to see them come out and, and block all those shots and put on this performance against the Canes, who are going to be a serious contender here this year, I think that was really promising. Um, do I think this is going to be like something consistent that we're going to see from the Ducks? Probably not. I mean, I, I'd be doubtful. Um, I think they're really happy that they did get a really good goaltending performance there. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of different production from a number of different guys. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that uh, we will see much more of this from the Ducks. But if you're the Canes, I don't know that they're scratching their head. But like you said, that momentum, it's tough, man. When, when you're, you're trying to get all these shots on net and you're just getting blocked after blocked after block, they're clogging up the passing lanes, they're clogging up the shooting lanes, and it's just like, come on, like just let one get through. And at a certain point, I think you just start trying to rip shots and just hoping they're going through and then, you you know you're helping out Anaheim even more because you're not taking the the highest quality shots or the highest quality chances you're just trying to get it to the net right and so maybe you turn it over more maybe the the Ducks end up with it in transition a little bit more so it kind of spirals a little bit and I think we saw that happen here for the Canes but uh yeah when I saw that score line I was like whoo I was not expecting that one yeah no for sure I mean will it happen again maybe not but who knows you never know <laughs> True. I mean, it's it's the NHL, baby. You never know. But uh, I think we'll get into our next game here. Some uh, some game from Monday. Another surprise here: the the Blackhawks with a four one victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs, and just wow, was not expecting this one either. I mean, Austin Matthews has been on a tear, and he did literally, you know, he didn't, didn't even get a point this game. I don't know how he wasn't. I didn't really get to catch this game, so I don't know if he had um, if he had a good game and he just got you know stopped in front of net or anything like that, or was just unlucky, but. Yeah, four one scoreline out of the, out of Chicago here against the Maple Leafs when they lost the faceoffs. The, the Blackhawks had thirty seven percent on faceoffs. I know they so, dominated on shots and faceoffs. Yeah, I mean forty two hits from Chicago, so they were not afraid to throw the body around. And I think that we saw some uh, some promising young stuff. I mean Tyler Johnson looks good this early season here, man. He had a power play goal for them. Uh, that's his third goal for them this year. And, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about this in the beginning of the season, like, oh, you can't really expect anything from anyone else besides like Bedard and some of these veteran guys are going to put up points, but not that many, you know, whatever, whatever. And <laughs> even though Bedard had no points. Yeah, in game. that's it. This was the first I think this was his first game without a point, And we saw some some veterans here step up. Corey Perry had a goal for him, his first goal for them. And uh, yeah, just really weird to see that. I, I was surprised. It is. Like, just it, didn't it really that. is, too. Because again, like you know, possession-wise on the face-off, they beat them pretty hard. Shots they had more been up by much, and block shots was twenty-eight to twenty-three. So you know, not too crazy. But yeah, the hits I think might have been part of uh, the forty-two hits to twenty-seven hits. I think that you know, maybe their game plan, Chicago's game plan coming in was you know lay the body, mm-hmm. get them to uh, lose a little bit of their momentum and. Maybe fear some more, you know, checks so that way they don't enter the zone as aggressive. Maybe that was part of it. Um, so far, you know, we talked about coming to the season that Samsonov has to be like the guy for Toronto, and he's he hasn't been great. Um, you know, they did win their first two games, but that's because they, you know, they took the Edmonton way and outscored their problems. And uh, yeah, he really needs to step it up. And I think defensively in front of him, they have to step it up as well. Um, but you know, long season long season and uh mm-hmm. who knows maybe the blackhawks could go on a 
15 game losing streak you never know true so. and well i mean it's so interesting note also is that i wonder if we'll even see a little bit more of a tandem going on in toronto because they do have wall as well he actually played this game um joseph wall who uh yeah well i mean the, the question is still the same it's goaltending it's going to come down to goaltending um whether it's samsonov or, or wall that's in there i was just saying that because i actually heard on um oh my god where was it maybe good i saw thing, it i think i might i think i might have saw it online that um there's been some speculation out there that that wall could end up being the guy there and being the, the consistent starter there so something interesting to watch if, if you're a toronto fan there because you know there's no question that there's that offensive firepower there but it's about defense and it's about goaltending i mean if, if they can stay solid in the defensive zone they can get consistent goaltending numbers then it's really the sky's the limit right but uh, you know, I don't know yeah. that I don't know that we'll see that, and that will be definitely something to keep our eyes on as it, this season moves on. Yeah, it definitely will. I mean, the good thing is, you know, I said Samsonov on purpose to see if you were paying attention. <laughs> so good thing, good thing you were just, you know. No, but I know what you mean. Like, and all, it, no, it's, I'm just kidding. it carries both ways because if it's Samsonov, it's, if it's Wall, either it way, that is going to be incredibly important to the success of this team. I mean, obviously, a good goaltender is always vital to you know any good hockey team. But in specific, like, you know, we were just talking about here with Toronto, it is specifically a little bit more important maybe than for some other teams because the offensive firepower is there. They can play that outscore you kind of game, but they can't outscore you if their goalie's letting in five, six every single game, you know? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely, exactly. definitely something to keep our eyes on. And um, this next one's a little interesting because it's not a surprise scoreline. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings with a 5-1 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. But you had brought this... To, to my attention actually in terms of the attendance for this game so i'll let you take that one for a little bit oh yeah i saw um nhl discussion on instagram it's good it's a great account um you should check it out but i saw that that game had the lowest attendance since return so it says here that the winnipeg jets drew just 11,226 fans to tuesday night's game against the los angeles kings the least since they returned to the city after you know moving from atlanta um now at first you think whoa 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 like you know last season you had all these problems um locker room blowing up longtime captain Blake Wheeler getting bought out of his contract Pierre-Luc Dubois throwing a temper tantrum and going to LA a little revenge game for him here um did he score he did he scored his first goal of the season in the second period Ooh. okay so wow yeah five to one Connor Hellybuck signing that dual contract with Mark Shifley and letting in five goals definitely does not help. But, you know, you see, so, so you, you know, I, I thought all that stuff. And then you think about how, unfortunately, how the world is right now. A lot of turmoil, a lot of um, conflicts, a lot of um, economic issues as well. And like some of the top comics comments here are uh, when a week of groceries in Canada now costs like $150 instead of $50. No one has shown out extra money on hockey tickets. Followed up by, I just paid a hundred bucks at the grocery store for basically nothing. That's the effing problem. Another one is inflation is real. People don't have money anymore. Everything is overpriced. Canada's economy is not the best, especially right now. Uh, Manitoba has been hit particularly bad. So obviously that that's a factor. But yeah. I also think, um, you know, the turmoil that you've had in that arena over the last season definitely you know doesn't help but i do think the main contributing factor to that issue is just you know the economic you know yeah. uh 
the economic issues in the world right now, but um, definitely doesn't help when your team gets blown out at home 5-1. So. No, I think that's... <laughs> for next team. It's the for next combo. Teams. That's the thing. Like, if they're playing great and they look like a real contender and they have some real star talent, they, they make you want to go watch them. So it's a lot more likely that somebody is going to try and find that extra money to get over there to, to bring their buddies, bring their family, whatever it might be, right? Like, if, if there's, like, something that motivating factor, right? But when they're not playing good, when it's... Their organization right now is seemingly... I don't want to say in shambles. I think that's a little aggressive, but on the downturn here, um, not as good as they have been in years past. And it's just at that point, like what's the incentive? And so I think that def- there's, there's that kind of that, uh, that combo going on here where it's like, well, they don't exactly want to try and find that extra money or spend that extra money on going to a Jets game when they're performing like this. So certainly sad to see out of Winnipeg. Um, I do think and you know hope that that will get better throughout the season, but it's uh not looking great for Winnipeg in this early season, I would put it that way. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And especially looking at the stats, this is a pretty even game. It must have just been a really off night defensively and for kind of how you book, you know, 29 shots to 27 shots, mm-hmm. 45% to 55% on the faceoff. Uh, I think the 17 block shots for LA compared to nine on Winnipeg might have been some of the momentum shift like we talked about. But yeah, yeah it just seems like... Just seems like an off night for for goaltending, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I also think that we saw this a lot last season that he would just kind of get hung out to dry. I mean, he's one of the better goalies in the league. Um, he's you know he's been up there in Vezina voting before. He is seriously no joke. Uh, he's a serious, oh, yeah. seriously good American goaltender. So um, I believe he's American. I always wait. Now I gotta check. Is he with that last name? Yeah. Well, because. He is, he is. Okay, I was going to say. I always, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Um, With that last name, American? Yeah, well, it's like his nationality. I mean, who knows what his like nationality is, but... Uh, that's true. Yeah, just... I, I We saw this a lot last season, like we were saying, that the Jets' defense just not playing good enough in front of him, kind of leaving him hung out to dry, so I think that that's probably a lot of it as well. But uh, moving on to a game here that was really, really exciting and really impressive from the, the Golden Knights, the uh, 3-2 win in the uh, shootout against the Dallas Stars, and Vegas is 4-0 here. <laughs> Aiden Hill had an awesome game. And they got a really good contribution from a young defenseman there, Caden Korjak, who I've never heard of. He's only played like 11 games for them before, um, spread out over two seasons. So he's like a young guy. I think he's 21. Uh, came up here and had a goal and an assist. And for them to, to grind out the win, pull it out there in the shootout with the uh, winning goal in the shootout being scored by Jonathan show, just really impressive stuff from the Knights. They, they won the cup and they have not slowed down since. So. I know they have not. It is impressive, and it must be very exciting. Yeah, you expect nothing less from Jonathan Marshall. So, uh, he won the Conn Smythe, right? I think he did. Um, I think year. he did. I, I got to look it up because off the top of my head, I don't want to be wrong. but I Pretty sure it was him. Um, and Joe Pavelski on Dallas, 39 years old, still scoring goals. That is, that is impressive. Um, yeah, another game that was extremely close, 26 shots for Dallas, 34 shots for uh, Vegas, 52% face-off percentage for Dallas, 48% face-off percentage for uh, Vegas. Both teams didn't score any, on any of their power plays. Um, you know, 17 block shots on Dallas, 19 block shots on Vegas. So, you know, very neck-and-neck game, uh, unlike what you saw last year in the uh, Western Conference Final. But mm. a little rematch that, unfortunately, for Dallas did not go their way. Um, you know, long season. Yeah, that's all there is to it. It's a long season, yep. and you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, but uh, really encouraging stuff coming out of Vegas if you are a Vegas fan. But I am not, and you are not. So we are going to move on to a game <laughs> that we are much more passionate about, 
<laughs> and just hope that the Knights start losing some games here. But the Rangers, the Rangers with the with the two win, uh, two one, excuse me, win over the Arizona Coyotes. And I, I'm watching that whole game, the Coyotes look much better than I thought. They look they, a lot better. I mean, they're they only flying lost, around out there, dude. I know they only lost one nothing um, to the Islanders the day before. They got held to 14 shots. That was probably part of the reason. But yeah, no, they they are looking a lot. A lot more lethal, and I know. Unfortunately, the you know the records, the record sheet doesn't show reflect that. But yeah, the eye test, the eye test definitely does. Um, yeah, this was a fun game to watch. Besides the second period, as a New York Rangers fan, oh, that dude. second period was was pretty awful. awful. A lot of, um, a lot of just dumb penalties, and also uh, just you know not really offensively sound. Um, you know, interesting enough, I saw. I love Ryan Lindgren and he played a good game besides the dumb unsportsmanlike, you know, penalty he got, which I understand the frustration that, you know, Panarin had a nice breakaway and you know, it happens. Unfortunately, the, the ref, you know, skated into it and it happens, broke it up. And then, you know, laugh, Lafreniere got called on a kind of a soft slash yeah, call. That was definitely, that soft. was kind of, so I understand his frustration, but if you watch the replay, I don't know if you saw like in the moment when, Lindgren shot that puck into the boards out of frustration. You can see Adam Fox like screaming his head off at him, like, "Like, what are you doing?" Well, because the ref was also like, right there, like looking the at him yeah. too. He shot the puck. He was in like, the direction of the ref, so it's like, I know, dude, yeah, like <laughs> it's like, dude. So Fox was like, "Dude, what, what are you doing right now?" And then you know that huge brawl at the end of the game that was also sparked by Lindgren, and Lindgren almost started a fight earlier. And then at the end of the game, I saw Trocheck talking to Lindgren after the game. And it just looked like it looked like Trocek was a little angry and kind of like shook his head off and dismissal of him and like skated away. Obviously, there's no trouble in New York Ranger land, but I think, you know, a lot of the teammates were kind of frustrated with Lindgren's, uh, you know, mental game kind of, uh, you know, having some lapse of judgment. But, you know, he's taking shots on the body. He's getting, you know, he got head checked in that game. So which. Probably could have been a call, but it wasn't. Mm. Uh, so I don't blame him for being frustrated. I don't blame him for being angry. But you know, unfortunately, y- you can't you can't hand power plays to your opposing team on a silver platter yeah. like he did. You just, you just can't do that. It's weird because like our defense without him is just not the same. It's awful. I mean, we saw it in the game before. And, oh yeah. And like he gives, I think he's just he's so much heart and just so much energy, and and our team kind of feeds off that, and a lot of guys feed off of that, and they see that, and it kind of it can be like a rallying cry, almost like something to kind of motivate other guys to get out there and of do course. their best. I mean, he he won the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award last season for a reason. So oh yeah, yeah. So seriously, no, I no love joke. I love Link. No, I do, okay. and I just. But yeah, you got to kind of try and keep 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 it together. Keep a little bit of a cooler head here moving forward. I think hope you know we will see that from him. This game was a little chippier than I expected it to be, honestly, and <laughs> really especially was. the end there, like just and I I read the penalty thing afterwards because I was just curious, like at the end that little scuffle at the end of the game, like what ended up you know happening really uh, in terms of penalties. And there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen penalties handed out at the end of the game. I mean, obviously the game's over, so it doesn't really matter. With yeah. um, seven of those against the Coyotes and six against us. Um, just a crazy little ball there at the end. But and if you look at the uh, the penalty minutes total, it's 44, 44 yeah. minutes for Arizona. And it's crazy, dude. I mean, it's so. it's literally all from like the end of the game. I mean, there were, don't get me wrong, like there were, there were a few penalties there earlier in the game, but it's 
90% of it is from this just these 13 penalties at the end of the game there. But yeah, yeah. I, like you said, that second period was just atrocious. But I thought we, we looked good at points. At points, we looked really bad. So it, we were talking about this. It's all about consistency. Um, though a bit of an encouraging sign, though. I love the little play by Kako to lead to that first goal by Kreider. Um, it's just one of those unsung kind of, it's not like he made like a crazy good pass or like, you know, blew somebody into the boards. But a guy was, you know, it was in the defensive zone. He kind of throws the stick there, ends up like spun around, but he he got a stick right in the perfect spot, tips the puck right out, and Mika's able to pick it up and go right on the rush and, and ends up leading to the 2v1 and the eventual goal by Kreider. So it's it's promising to see that out of Kako. I know we've been begging him for a little bit more, and I thought that he looked pretty good in this game, especially um, just making a, a really heads up, like a solid play right there to lead to that first goal. Um, still want to see a little bit more from Laugh. Laugh did not have a great game by any standards. But uh, Igor, man, Igor, Igor saved us at the end of the day here. He did not. Uh, that that goal, I know, it was a little soft. Um, I wanted to see him yeah, save he could that. Have shut out. He really, he, he really could have. And I think out. he was like so mad about that. But he saved that penalty shot at the end of the third there, which was incredible. And he was getting peppered at points towards the end of the game here. So uh, yeah. definitely want to see more consistency. Definitely want to see. Um, I think these guys are still maybe getting used to the system. Right. I mean, Laviolette put in that new system and I think it's really going to pay off. I think we're going to see uh, some really good success, especially kind of shutting down teams in the neutral zone and just getting on, you know, getting aggressive, getting on the hands, turning yeah. over the puck, things yeah. like that. But I do wonder if some of this inconsistency actually I don't even wonder. I, I think this inconsistency is because of that new system. It's just trying to get used to it, especially for these younger players, just getting in the flow of the, of the new system of the game, what it's going to kind of look like, you know where where is my wing going to be are, are they going to be over here are they going to be over there if if i'm carrying the puck up the ice am i dropping it off to somebody behind me and then you know overlaying behind them or am i just dumping and chasing like what are we doing and so that those thoughts come in and i think that some of these guys end up hesitating a little bit maybe and it's not as smooth and not as uh efficient as it could be but i i, I do hope and i think that as we play some more games here in this young season uh we get kind of our legs under us get a little bit more used to the system i think we'll see some some really good stuff out of new york so really excited <laughs> Yeah, wow, he took the words right out of my face. Well, but, I mean, we've um, been talking about this all the time, so I, I you know, I know we are. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm <laughs> sure nice we're not alone either. I, I bet there's a lot of no, fans that are kind of feeling the same way as us. So, I, I agree. Um, again, just like before the season started and throughout this whole season, the number one key to the New York Rangers' success is Kako Lafreniere and Hedl. They need to produce. I don't care. If they look good skating, they make some cool pass, you know, you know this and that. I don't care. If they have zero points on the score sheet, that is a failure as them in the top six on their production. We need production from them. They were drafted that high to be those high production players. Especially Laugh. And, you know, Kako, yes, would be nice. And then I think Hedl is really looking into his shape. But, you know. End of the day, uh, I, you know, I love them, hate them, but, you know, we need to see the outcome on the score sheet. We need to see it. assists, goals. I don't care. I don't care if Laff has one goal in the season and 65 assists. That's fine with me. He just needs points. Same thing with Kako. Same thing with Hedl. That's what we need. We need production because, again, it's the same thing every time. Kreider shows up. Mika shows up. Panarin shows up here and there. Trocek shows up. And, well, that we can't. It's not sustainable. Just them, because if they get double teamed, they get shut down. They're having an off game. 
what we're just going to lose that game. No, mm-hmm. they need to show up. You know, yeah. this is you know year five and four for them, and I get they're still young, but I hear that all the time. They're young, they're young, they're young. I get that, I get that. You know, and now they're finally getting their top six minutes. You know, still averaging about. 15, 16 minutes just because it's a well-oiled like system from Lovely. That's well, also with the penalties and stuff too. I mean, we, and the penalties. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. help. And that killed a lot of our momentum in the early game too. Like we kind of had it going there in the, in the early game and then had, you know, had lulls, had periods where we weren't kind of doing as good. It was, it was a pretty back and forth fun, you know, fun to watch game in the beginning, especially it was like up and down the ice shots here and there everywhere. And then those penalties are really what like slowed down the game. And I think killed a lot of our momentum. I'm sure it killed a lot of momentum for the Coyotes as well. But I think that at that point in the game, we were kind of on the front foot. We were pressing the attack. We were getting on the hands on defense. And so some of those penalties, we really did kind of shoot ourselves in the foot. But, um, and, and then, oh, yeah. you know, end up leaving, leaning to, uh, to some of those guys getting less minutes than they should up and down the lineup. Of course, not even just them. You know, you look at your bottom six guys who are not getting as much minutes or even your, your super offensive talent. You know, they're not going to be out there on the penalty kill. So that's going to kill some of their momentum as well. So definitely want to clean up some of the, some of the penalties. I think the refing wasn't the best in this game, but it's never going to be, yeah. it's never going to be perfect. So it's something we're always going to be kind of dealing with, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I do have to agree with you on the, on the young guys as well, but I think we can move into, uh, I don't know if you had any kind of closing thoughts on that Ranger stuff or you want to move to like the Thursday predictions? Uh, no, I think I'm all set. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is since this is Wednesday, um, we will do Thursday, Friday game predictions because Saturday we'll, you know, when we, when we record Sunday, we'll go through that. So, we thought it would be fun to have a little game here. We'll do a Thursday, Friday game predictions, and we'll write it down here in our notes. And then uh, when, we, when we come back on Sunday, whoever wins, whoever, you know, guess more, um, you know, will win that, of course. And the loser will have to buy the other person a drink next time we're out. So that'll be some oh, What a hardship. Fun no, do. but just something fun. <laughs> I know. I like it. It's something fun, yeah. something fresh. So, uh, this first game, simple. I mean, the first game here, I, th- I would imagine we both have the same pick, but Rangers, right. Rangers, Predators, I got the Rangers. I don't know. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it down here. You're right. I was writing it down too. But I mean, okay. So I got the Rangers. Um, I assume you have the Rangers. <laughs> I'm actually going to go print now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. So since we both have the same pick, so when, when we come into the same picks, we'll have to guess the score, right? I think we'll, we'll throw that on top of there, Bro, too. Oh, Jesus. What? Are, what? <laughs> it's more fun that way. My God. <laughs> um, okay. And against the Preds, they don't look too bad. Igor looked pretty good. They um, do have Soros, though. Give me a... Give me a 4-2 Rangers win. That's my call. All right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-1. Okay. All right. I'm going to put yours in parentheses here so that I know. You had a 3-1. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I was teetering and tottering a little bit there. So, all right. Uh, moving on to our next one here. We probably have we probably have the same. I mean, I'm going with the Sabres here. And uh, I'm going to give them, give them a pretty good scoreline here. Uh, give them like a... F- give, me, give me a 4-1. Give me a 4-1 here for the Sabres. Okay, so you're gonna go Sabers. Just because I'm assuming you're picking the Sabers as well. I guess I should have waited to hear. But like, are you picking the Flames? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go Flames. Gonna go <gasps> oh, okay, Flames. never mind. Then I'm just running Sabers. I don't need a scoreline. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, no scoreline. No score oh, okay. All right. So our next one here, we have the Canucks and the Lightning. Uh, 
I Ooh. I want I'm taking the Canucks. I'm taking the Canucks in this one, man. I'm gonna take the Canucks too. I do. Mm-hmm. I just how fun would that be? Like I really I want to see it. And I'm uh, let's see. I'm gonna give them a four three scoreline. A lot of four four goal scorelines for me here, but. I'm a little bit of a middle of the pack guy. I don't know. Okay. I don't like going one way or the other, but I will give them the four three win. I'm gonna do five three just to spite you. Oh, okay. All right. I see how it is. <laughs> uh, ooh, this one's interesting. Maple Leafs Panthers. So that that can go either way. I know. That's why I'm like, I really, I almost, um, I want to ride the Panthers here. I do. I'm gonna ride the Panthers. Okay, I'm, here. I'm gonna do Maple Leafs. All right. Let's see. So I got my Panthers here and got the Leafs, of course. Okay. Our next one here, Oilers, Flyers. Oilers. I mean, I, the, the, fact, yeah, that, me the fact that the Flyers are even 2-1 <laughs> right now, I'm like, how did that happen? Uh, give me the Oilers 5-1. Five, 5-1? One. Five, one? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-2. Okay. All right, so I got 5-1. You got Oilers, 3-2. Okay. Coyotes, Blues. This one's a little fun, fresh. I do I do think the Coyotes are going to win this one. I do. I mean, they just, they look, they look good. They do. They look so much better than I thought they would look. And uh, do all, before I go, are you choosing the Coyotes also? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. do Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little 3-1 scoreline is what I will take. All right. Oops, I hit the wrong key here. Oh, yeah, all good. I'm writing it down too. You said three. We'll go three, three one. one. We'll go three one. Yep. I think we're gonna we're gonna see a good game I'm there. Gonna go. I'm gonna go two one. Two one. Okay. See, they've been playing these like close games, so it really wouldn't surprise me, especially with the Blues, who like aren't really. It's not like they're scoring a ton of goals here. Um, yeah. Another one that is a little interesting: Wild Kings, and. Oh, that's going to be... Right? Gonna Doesn't be this sound like an awesome game? I mean... Oh, oh man. I'm going to go wild. I was going to say, I have to go Kings here. I do. I just... Okay. Part of me, want, like, I want to take the wild, obviously, for, like, Zook and just what they have going on there. But I just... The Kings, I think, are just going to kind of catch stride, and I think we're going to see some good stuff from them. I think maybe they're up and down here, but I, I am riding the Kings on this one. This next okay. one, I think... I would imagine we're both taking the Golden Knights in the Golden Knights and the Jets game. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. Oh, this is going to be bad. This is, ooh, give me, give me like a 5-2. I'm going to go Knights v. Jets. Give me the net, the Knights to uh, get a 5-2. Are you going to go 5-2? I am. Oh, I am. You were going to go 5-2, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I'm going to do... I'm going to do 3-1. Nice, nice little 3-1. Okay. A little bit of a lower scoring game. Okay. So, got that there. Next game, we have the Stars and the Ducks. The, like, crazy person in me wants to say Ducks just because of why not, and they just beat the Canes 6-3, but the sensible person in me is going to say that the Dallas Stars are going to bounce back and get a win here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do Stars, too. Yeah, and I think the Stars are going to win. Uh, give me, like, a 4-2 scoreline. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy by any means, but uh, curious to see what scoreline you have. Uh, I'm going to do... I'm gonna do four one. Four one. Okay. Okay. That'll be a close one. 
for us like you know to see <laughs> true i mean also like what are, we're, we're there a lot of these we might both end up being wrong but we'll get the yeah, winner we'll get the winner it. yeah <laughs> yeah uh this is oh boy another one that i think we're both gonna have the uh hurricanes and the kraken game here i just oh hurricane dude i know kraken look awful, i know and i don't want them to but like i think the hurricanes Neither are I. I think the hurricanes are gonna win this game like six two that's that's fair right oh, that's man. what i mean like I, I gotta stop letting you pick the score. First. Actually, you know what? You 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 pick you pick your score first for this one. Actually, yeah, okay, for the rest of them. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> I was gonna say I, I just realized that I was like we keep having the similar ones. Um, all right, if you're taking the six two, give me give me the five two. Give me the five two. <laughs> so I'll go Kane's five two. You got Kane's six two. Uh, now I see what you've been doing this whole time. So Blackhawks abs. I am gonna take the Avalanche. I uh, are you. Oh yeah, I'm I'm doing it. All right, so give me give me your scoreline first, then. I'm gonna go four one. Four one. Okay, four one. That's respectable. Um. Uh, do I see the Blackhawks scoring more than one goal in this? Yes. Yes, I do. Really? Give me a three two. Give me a three two. I think it's this. I do. I think this is. Taves. I think this is going to be a little closer than than we expect here. I mean, especially after seeing the Blackhawks with the four one victory over the Leafs, I'm going to take the Avalanche at a three two, and you took them four two, right? Uh, four one. Oh, four one, four one. My bad. Okay, cool. And then our last game for Thursday night, the Bruins and the Sharks. I have no uh, doubt that the uh, Bruins are winning this game. <laughs> I don't even think it's a question. I you know what? I'm going to go Sharks. Oh, I'm going to yeah? be that guy. Oh yeah. Okay. Well. Well, the Bruins are undefeated, so. Well, I mean, I want them to lose, but uh, okay, I'm taking the Bruins. You're gonna take the Sharks here, okay? Okay. Yeah, Blackwood's he's looking good. Okay, Not fair point. Game. He They're did have good. he had some really good saves in the in their game this week, so yeah, I can't no. even argue with you. But uh, lose, we got two but... games here for Friday. So the first one being the Flames and the Blue Jackets, and I Ooh, think I gotta take the Blue Jackets. Tough. I think I gotta take the Blue Jackets on this one. I do. They looked re- they looked pretty good against us. I mean, I think we gave we did them a lot of favors for sure. I don't think that it was all them. But uh, yeah, yeah no. I do. I do have to the take two disallowed goals too. Yeah, yeah I, um, I'm gonna go Jackets as well. So I'll let you pick the score first. Um, give me, give me four three. I think this is gonna be a pretty good one. That's fair. That's fair. I'll do. I'll do five. Five to three. Five to three. Okay. Okay. And our last game for a little preview here, uh, Friday night, we have a game very close to us, Devils and the Islanders. And, uh, oh man, I don't even, I don't know. I mean... That's kind of tough. Right? You have the, the defense of the Islanders coming in here, and they just, they play lockdown. They are, they are no joke on the defensive end. A good start to their season here. The Devils have looked up and down, but, you know, serious talent there. I do... I'm going Islanders. See, okay, I'm going Devils, as I say. All right. So I'll go Devils or go Isles. All right. All right, I like it. So we got our predictions here. I think it will be fun on our next episode to go back and see like who, who ended up hitting. But uh, yeah, I like that. I like that we did a little section here. Yeah, that was fun. Okay, cool. Hopefully, none of the listeners got like, um, you know, any type of disease listening to our predictions. <laughs> hopefully, they, right hopefully now. they were good predictions. Right. Well, imagine like we we go to watch these games and they're just like two one. Three one, two like two <laughs> two one one zero. And we're just like, oh, uh, like we we had all these goals. Uh, uh. Well, so yeah, so I think that'll do it for our rundown and predictions. Yeah, for sure. So now, so now we will move into the back end 
here. Um, first, I think we'll start with our segment of Light the Lamp. And I have to give probably the first one for me to the Conor McDavid goal where he kind of got like checked a little bit, spawn the puck, slid between the defenders' mm. skates. I mean, he was going to the bench, so he couldn't touch it anyway. Yeah. But just the fact that he got up so quickly, grabbed the puck, and, and you know, dumped it in. Yeah. Poke three by Kane, and now McDavid, what a spin, the recovery, the shot is So, I mean, you expect nonetheless. Okay, so I had that one too, but I do think that one's getting way more hype than it needs to. Oh, I agree. Like, I agree. I, not for anything. It's not like he chipped it off the boards, did two spins around somebody, and and like juked him out and got the puck. It's like the guy couldn't touch it. It was dribbling into the zone. McDavid got hit before he was even, you know, he was coming up for the puck. So he ended up spinning because he got chipped. It's not like he went out of his way to like play the puck to the side and spin around somebody. So that's kind of why, like, I'm just thinking, like, because I got the notification for it, um, you know, like the sports notification or whatever, I watched it and I was like, I watched it a couple times because I was like, am I missing something? Like, that's a nice goal. Yeah, like, you know, great shot. Fun to watch him do a little spin cycle, but it's not like he intentionally did a spin cycle. And that is what is like killing me on this one is everyone's like, oh my God, like surprise eyes emoji. How did he even do that? And it's like surprise. the defenseman, you just said it yourself. The defenseman couldn't touch the puck and he had a one-on-one he's one of the fastest skaters in the league and he's getting the puck coming in the wing where a defenseman can't touch the puck and the guy has to come from across, you know, the other defender has to come across the ice to get him. Like, no, yeah, he's going to score. He's going to score that like 99 times out of 100. So I did think it was a cool goal, but I uh, I do I did go on my little rant there because I think it's getting way more hype than I think it should. I think it's just getting hyped no, for McDavid. So. Like, yeah. No, I, I agree. It's definitely getting... I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, that defender couldn't touch that puck. Exactly. It would have been too many men on the ice penalty, but that's um, what I'm saying. Like, I just, I don't know. It it was a nice goal nonetheless, but, um, yeah. Did you have any other for light lamp? I had one other one. I actually did not have any. So I had one other one and it was just because of the little pun. And I just want to make sure that I have these assists right before I, yes. Okay. So I just really like the pun on this one. So it was the Sabres in the lightning game. And um, Owen Power just blasted a pass down like he was. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, nice. you saw that, right? He was on the, the upper right. Like he was at the right point. Blast a pass down across to the low left side, like right in front of the goalie. And Skinner was there, received the pass perfectly and just boom, got it like top shelf. Not that it was like a crazy nice goal or anything. But when I saw that, it was like, what a powerful assist. So I did think that was kind of funny. And it was a nice enough goal. Um, but yeah, I, I was Wait, looking, did you come up with that? No, no, it was, uh, it was probably like the NHL Instagram, honestly. I mean, who, I just saw it online and I, I thought that was funny. So that's why I threw it on there. But, and it was like, it was a good pass. It was a nice enough goal. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but I just, I love the little pun. So I had to throw it on there. I wish I came uh, up with that one. I should say, I wish I came up with that one, but unfortunately that's actually fantastic. Right. Isn't that good? A little powerful assist, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't have anything else for like plant, maybe we'll just uh, get into a little bit of news here and then, uh, close up another good one. Yeah. Um, so in terms of news, a uh, few things going around. I thought, you know, you know, all right. So I don't know if you saw the Ryan Reeves and Corey Perry um, 
Wait, was it Corey Perry? I think it was. Was it was all that like back worm? and forth? Yeah, it was like, yes, oh, you're not gonna. Corey Perry. Oh, you always talk so, like this, and then you don't do it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never really liked them to be honest. Um, we we always seem to kind of run into each other when we play against each other, but uh, yeah, not a lot of love for that guy. Where's that back to? First day I met him on the ice. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that makes him hateable? Uh. Just the way he runs his mouth. I don't know. He kind of acts tough. He's not tough. I don't know. No, no, definitely wouldn't. Yeah, so look, Ryan Reeves is the is part of the dying breed of enforcers. Um, you know, he's a fourth line player. He rarely puts any points up. He's just there to lay big hits. You know, make make the team's physical presence known and mm-hmm. fight when he needs to. Um, when he was on the Rangers, I thought he was he was really cool, and you know, on the Wild, he was cool. Um, I do feel bad for him in Toronto right now because I feel like, just also because the Toronto market and you see it all the time now, I feel like he has, and of course he loves fighting people, this, this, and that, mm-hmm. but I've seen him in interviews recently and just the way they, they keep, you know, narrating him. I feel bad for him in terms like, I feel like he's not even expected to play hockey. He's just expected to like beat the hell out of people and yeah. fights and and like like every every post game, it's like oh so uh, why didn't you run down six people and you know crush their heads into the board or you know so I feel bad for him like you know they kind of egged him on to get in a fight with Corey Perry. I mean obviously if you look at the stat line, yeah, but like he also Corey Perry and him it's not even comparable. He does it himself like, though too. Like I can't he does because I hear yeah, I, I can't hear fully that. defend him. I do hear that and like I f- that is like that's that's his that's him right Ryan Reeves you think of Ryan Reeves you think of fighting immediately but like he tried to instigate a number of times with Corey Perry and then literally the next day was like yeah he acts tough he's not tough because like he wouldn't fight him and it's like you're playing a hockey game guy didn't want to fight you and now you're gonna go like blast him like he's like not not tough not whatever okay like just because you you know you're this big rough and whatever big macho man okay you don't get to like you can't just like talk down on everyone else and act like other you know tough guys I know it's a dying breed and he is really kind of the quintessential enforcer in that regard and Corey Perry is not exactly that big of of that kind of presence he's more of like an annoyance honestly the Corey Perry when it comes down to like playing hockey like yeah. he's more of like that pest like he just gets in your face he annoys you he's like that like Bar- like Brad Marchand or like Brendan Gallagher like they just get in your face they annoy you they get in your head and then you you whip around when you hear them say something stupid you slash their stick and they just got a power play for their team and now you're sitting in the box and you're even mad at them you know even more mad at them than you already were so I think it's a, a little bit of a difference in play style, but yeah, I just... It's hard to... It, it, no, I agree. It, it's hard to... Because, like, you know, Ryan Reeves has been on, like, seven teams. Um, You know, like, in his career, he has 831, 831 games played, 59 goals, 70 assists. So he has 129 points. But I wonder how many fights he has, games. though. That's... Hold on, I gotta right? look that up. Yeah, look, yeah, definitely look that because up. Because so that in terms of yeah. production, he's not even existed where you look at Corey Perry of course who has played you know 1,261 games and has 887 points 418 goals so yeah. it's, it's it, you can't compare the careers I saw people online trying to compare the careers and you just can't because you know it, it, like again it's the dying breed of the enforcer and then mm-hmm. it's the you know Corey Perry <laughs> so um so as of uh this was as of March of last year uh, uh and he had 83 recorded fights so wow that's yeah insane. if you add on the two he's already had this year it's at least 85 and like i said this was in march so there may have been a few others after as well 
but yeah, he has at least 85 fights in his career. No joke. For a guy who's played yeah. a little over 800 games, that's what, that's like a fight every 10 games. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, again, I feel a little bit, like I agree with you. He does bring it up to himself. But yeah. I feel a little bad being in the Toronto market. Like you saw Phil Kessel, he he got he got pretty much you know driven out of Toronto. Like it's it's a very unforgiving market just because of that fan base, and they haven't won a cup since '66, '67. So, um. Which is insane, <laughs> but um, no, look, I get it, I get it. Mm, yeah. But anyway, moving on to another little thing here on the news was um, Elliot Friedman here had a tweet that says, the NHL has officially notified teams it would like to hear the, their opinions on decentralization of the draft. So basically that's having um, you know, the clubs, they would stay at home through like a video screen or they would phone call like the NBA and NFL does. And then they would draft the players and they would, you know, walk on the stage, blah, 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 this and that. But it wouldn't be like this whole big thing where the teams are there, they're out on the table, they have the big board, you walk up, this, 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 and that. And if that does happen, it would be um, most likely in 2025. Now, I personally enjoy the way the draft is now. I think it's very exciting. I think it's more unique, um, more interesting. And especially for the players too, um, I do think, and we've talked about off off the mic that I think eighteen is too young. I think twenty would be a good age to get drafted because, and also it would help the AHL markets as well. I think, um, I mean, I guess you do kind of see that anyway. Like players will get drafted at eighteen, and then they'll you know be in the AHL mm-hmm. or the U.S. Development Program or wherever until they're twenty something. But I think eighteen, like. And part of it's just personally with uh, the Alexia Lafreniere issues, but, um, you know, because the NHL is not a developmental league. We, we say that all the time. At least I say it a lot. Um, hopefully people aren't tired of me saying it, but it's not. It's not a developmental developmental league. It is the Showtime League. It is the world-class league. It is the championship Stanley Cup winning time league. The AHL and the CHL and the WHL and this and the HL and that HL. Those are the development leagues, not the NHL. Obviously, there's a level of getting experience to play with veterans that are world-class in the NHL. There's a learning curve, not development. It's honing your game that you already have that you got drafted for and then playing on that level. So sometimes I think it's a little unfair that like 18 is just too young. Like You're going to go on the ice and get body checked by a 35-year-old? <laughs> like That's insane. So um, I personally like the way the draft is. I don't see why they're... Um, asking this maybe cost analysis. They looked at it. Maybe there's owners in the past who have complained. I don't know. I don't know what. What do you think? So I'm not really. I don't love it. Either way is fine. Honestly, that this is one of those things where, like, as a fan, it doesn't really change much of anything. Honestly, the thing that's also interesting about it is that the NHL is the only league that like still keeps this old school. Like with the like you said, like literally the, the clubs are there on the floor, landline telephones on the draft floor. It's 2023. Why do we have landline telephones on the floor at the NHL draft is beyond me. So <laughs> I get it. I do. I get it. And also not like from a player standpoint, it's kind of fun to have, you know, all of these different organizations, um, GMs, coaches, higher ups, players, people that are associated with the team all in one big area right for the draft for a few days it's fun you see a lot of people shake a lot of hands see a lot of faces whatever but the big thing is the is the cost 
I think that's literally why they're looking at this is because not only would it, it take out that travel of those teams having to travel wherever the draft is, but then on top of that, you're minimizing lodging costs because this is a seven round draft. It's, you know, two, three days. They have to get there probably a day beforehand. So it's three, four days that they have to then, you know, that's money coming out of the organization's pocket or the league's pocket to, you know, house the, your executives and, um, you know, the, the promotional stuff and everything. Like it's just a lot of money, I think is the big reason that they're seeing this, uh, kind of they're trying to shift it or, or you know, gauging the, the belief of the executives at least to try and see if they want to go decentralized or not. I think it should, honestly, just because, like I said, the NHL is the only league that still does this and kind of has all the teams show up and, and does all that. And not for anything, if you take that space on the floor that you have all those GMs and everything and you open it up to fans, like you see it, like the NFL draft, that's money. Oh, that's money flowing into their pocket, right? I mean, they still have fans there and everything like that. And I don't, you know, the NHL draft is not necessarily as much of a big ticket event as like the NFL draft or NBA draft might be. But uh, I do think that by decentralizing it, kind of getting rid of that part of, you know, all the money they're spending, all the, the, the space that's taking up, then they can also get money in their pocket by charging people top dollar to, you know, be right up there by the stage on draft night. So I'm not really against it. Honestly, I think that it should happen. I think it makes sense. Um, the old school is cool and all that, but at this point, it's just a little outdated. And, and this is the only league we're still seeing doing it. So it's like, why at this point, especially when they can you know, save money and all those things that we already mentioned. So I do think we'll see that get changed. And then just lastly, to kind of touch on the, um, the talk about age and the league and everything like that, I, it's never going to change. I mean, I, I hear that, you know, I totally get it. But then you also see 18 year olds like Bedard come up here and they look like they've been playing in the league for a couple of years or they look better than people who have been in the league for years. So I think it also comes down to the player, you know, of course it comes down to the player, but like where they came from, what kind of system they're coming from, um, how mature they are. I think that over the years we, um, you know, you see some young guys like Zegers that are not the most mature and, and, you know, guys like Mitch Marner, who's been in the league for, for years now, and he does not look like the most mature. So when you see guys like that, it's really easy to be like, yeah, I don't think they should be making millions of dollars and playing professional sports at 18. But when you compare it to other sports where that happens all the time and when you see those 18 19 20 21 year olds go out there and perform it's hard to say hey they shouldn't be out there playing because they obviously deserve to be out there playing so i think that if anything teams might want to be more careful in terms of like bringing youth up into their organization i think it's also very dependent on like where the team is though you know what i mean like if the team is is very competitive and you're looking to contend for the cup what incentive do you have to put up in you know a random 18-year-old that you don't really know what they're going to give you when you could slot in a you know battle-tested hardened veteran in there and they will give you good minutes and you know be there in the playoffs so i think it also comes down to that as well but definitely interesting points um yeah i don't i, I don't like i just i just don't see that changing though i just no, I, especially yeah, since once you're right. 18 you're an adult like that's that's the idea right is that once you're an adult you should be able to play professional sports right so i don't i don't yeah. know that we'll ever see that changed but um like I said, I think it comes down to kind of the organizations on whether or not they want to make those decisions that are very important decisions, of course. Yeah. 18 as an adult, seen across a lot of leagues, I think is fair, but I think we can all agree 21 is really the adult age. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, think 18 our brains still, don't even... So I think it's something for um, women, their brains uh, stop developing. They, they reach like full brain maturity uh, earlier than we do. I think it's 21, if I'm not mistaken, or 22. But um, men, it can take up to like 25, 26. So Makes we, sense. yeah, so Makes sense. Yeah. that's a big part of probably why we see some of uh, 
some of these younger <laughs> players in these professional <laughs> sports acting acting a fool more often than yeah. they should. But uh, yeah, no, you make good points. You make good points, though. Yeah, I I didn't know some of that, but yeah, I guess just like as a Rangers fan with Alexi Lafreniere, I think you know obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and obviously I can't fault you know the you know, the GM at the time. Jeff Gordon, even though I don't like him, but I can't fault him and and Chris Drury. Like you know, when you when you have the first overall draft pick, who not for nothing had insane awards, international awards, international points, you know, hundreds of points in the QMJHL. Um, you think to yourself, well, you know, they're pretty much ready. Like you know, they just got a hole in their skill, no problem. Like we don't need to put them in the AHL. And you know, right now, hindsight, um. He might have benefited from one season or half a season, maybe, in the AHL, I think, just from my opinion. Um, I saw recently, which was really nice, though, he, Alexi Lafreniere was, um, you know, they, they had him go out with the, it's what is it called, the Ronald McDonald? Oh, yeah, like the... For children, oh, the house, the Ronald McDonald house, yeah, they, yes. the, the charity McDonald's did had that for years and years. Um, yeah, he was there with kids and taking pictures and painting stuff with them. That so, is nice. So that was nice. You know, it was nice. You know, like I, I don't hate the guy. I just, um, I just hate his production. That's all. <laughs> yeah, but we're he's be, a good. He's a good person. We're vehement fans. You're always gonna want to see more. You know, that's. It's just part of being a sports fan. Nobody can really fault you or me or anybody for being mad about his production and wanting more, you know, and that's... No. If we, if we didn't feel that way, we would have nothing to talk about. But uh, with that's that, right. I mean, I don't know if you had um, any kind of closing thoughts just for coming up on an hour here, but uh, this, is a really, um, this is a really good episode, though. Yeah, I think this is a really good one. Uh, you know, yeah, usually we're going to have recordings. We're going to record Thursday night, so we will have, uh, you know, some of those scores. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. You know to like instead of predictions but the predictions are fun um but yeah this will still come out friday when you're listening to it and then monday and then you know once in a while we'll have uh potentially wednesday episodes just depends on our schedule i have been thinking uh, i'm, know, I'm coming up with busy. some wacky wednesday stuff man you the, good the thoughts the good. uh the the thought train's rolling don't worry but uh because like if i'm if i'm busy though too like you could you could do a solo one just no, I got you. It. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking yeah. about it, but also just with school and everything, I kind of have to wait until I have um a little bit more time to like sit down and like flesh it out because I'm you know I'd really want that to be a little bit more fleshed out. I'm not, I don't want to just get on the mic and just rant. You know what I mean? I want to kind of have yeah, of course, yeah. Of course. So yeah. um definitely keep an eye on that, and we'll of course we'll keep you know we'll keep all you all you listeners posted. But, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, definitely check us out on our socials. Ice time nine eight nine nine. Uh, same thing with. Email if you want to get in contact with us. We'd love to do mailbag episodes here and there. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the season so far. Hopefully you still have some of your hair left and your favorite team is not making you pull it out. <laughs> but then again, you could save money on shampoo. So, you know, win-win. But uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening. And I will see you on the next one. Matt, if you would like to take us out. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Just uh, appreciate the continued love and support. We are going to make sure to keep it rolling over here. No shortage of content. We're always always thinking, always trying to come up with ideas uh, to get some good stuff out to you guys. So with that, we are very excited to have another episode here in the books. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.